turntable is great. Okay. You know? So, and, and especially in the winter months, because yeah. it forces you to get up out of your chair every <laughs> 20 minutes and yeah. change the record. And flip it Remember over. Remember those days? Yeah. yeah. Either that or just listen All to the it. good music yeah. is on the B-side. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this will last you uh, you can. This is a legacy item, right? right. You can this give be, this, yeah. except for the vinyl would be worn out. Maybe no, no, no. Not not if you're using a good enough turntable and you take care of your vinyl. Okay, it'll be around for you know your kids and your kids' kids if you do that. So all right. So yeah. if you if you want some advice on high end audio equipment, you need to get a hold of Steve. <laughs> This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. We started the nonsense already uh, here in the recording studio, and this is one of the reasons that I love doing a live in the studio interviews. Uh, boy, you know, when you get the right guest in here, the dynamic is just amazing. Well, so far, all we've been doing is pretty much laughing, which is great. So it's, you know, it's a different kind of dynamic. than. <laughs> if you guys have seen the drawings of Russ, then you know that... <laughs> Actually, the drawings look better than he does. Yeah, well, that's without a doubt. Because <laughs> when, when I draw them, I make sure I look good. All right, so we have an entrepreneur in here today, and we're going we're gonna to get his story. So Steve Rowell, welcome to the podcast. Steve, you can, you can say hello. Hello. And uh, Steve's pretty well known in the, in the area. Uh, Steve is one of those guys that's full of dad jokes and uh, other types of, of humor. If you've seen him on some other podcasts, uh, he may or may not have... <laughs> Been at his peak comedy potential, but we're gonna we're gonna ring it out of him today. And, I, and so far, it hasn't been an effort at all. It's been voluntary, I should say. But I wanted to find out more about Steve, and uh, we recently met up at an unfortunate incident. And what the heck? Let's just start out with this because I did want to mention this. This is not just blowing smoke, but this is just me being very like from the heart. I wanted to thank you personally for a couple things that you've done, and I wanted to do it on the podcast because it's public. So. First of all, a good friend of mine, um, Lou Ligori, recently died. And mine. Yes. And and you were, and I don't know anything that you did behind the scenes or whatever, but I know that you were probably the the schemer behind getting a whole group of citizens from the area, friends and family together at his home. Uh, and we all met out outside. Lou was on the porch. And, um, you know, it was pretty obvious that Lou wasn't doing well. Lou loves music and he had his guitar out and it was a big uh, song fest. It was a wonderful night. Yeah. Right. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Sure. Lou and I played in a band called Cobblestone Crossing for many years. And uh, Lou's just a wonderful guy and right. with a great sense of humor, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, he was near end of life, and uh, frankly, there you, you always feel helpless. There's something you'd like to do for yeah. somebody, and there's nothing you can do. Absolutely. And I thought we ought to all get together and sing for Lou. Um, so that was uh, the impetus for the project, and I made a couple of phone calls, and people said, "Sure, I'll get involved." Yeah, I'll get get involved, and um, so the night, the first night came, and of course it got rained out, and then we held it about a week later. 
And we were absolutely stunned by the turnout. Actually, the Southern Tearsmen showed yeah. up and yeah. sang, which was wonderful. Lou was happy. Um, it, it was exactly all I'd hoped for. Put a smile on his face. Put a smile on all of our faces. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it, it was a good time. And yeah, well, I appreciate it. I, yeah. And I wanted to thank you for it. And I, I was singing out loud, and I was like... I could hear you. I... <laughs> Uh oh, <laughs> I don't normally do that. And, you know, I'm not a musician or a, you know, or a vocalist or anything. But I just felt I did it without really even thinking about it, which was the interesting thing. And I and I realized it afterwards that I just was like, um, uh, it was just a natural thing to get up there and do it. And I did feel like I was honoring Lou. Yep. You know, and I really wanted to be part of it. And I was just like singing away. And hopefully I was close to the notes. <laughs> well, he and, he and he truly enjoyed it. I visited him the following Saturday. And, okay. And his, uh, his sense of humor was still intact. And he knew the end was near, but he was... He was Lou, and uh, yeah. uh, we were lucky to have had him in our lives. So that's yes, great. Um, my daughter Brenna, who's a touring musician, has her own recording studio. Started there as a little girl in the in the um, uh, the kids' music workshop or the kids' um, theater workshop, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that was uh, only happened as a result of Lou's efforts and, of course, Pat and the you know that the core yeah, the group, group that got yeah. that started and everyone else who's been involved over the years. So. Gosh, what an impact. What an impact that yeah. he, that he's been able to have. So anyways, I wanted to thank you for that. And then I just recently found out that you or and or your company is doing a memorial deck for Jeff Kahn. No, that's actually McIntosh is doing that. McIntosh oh, McIntosh is. In yeah. Okay. Well, I take Which my is, thank you away. Yeah, take the <laughs> no, thank you away. But no. give the thank you to them. Okay, uh, tell me about that then. Well, um, what happened is McIntosh is actually donating $5,000 to the Bundy Museum for a deck. Uh, okay. Um, at their location. Uh, Jeff Kahn ran the Cyber Cafe, a great music venue here yeah. in the Binghamton area. Jeff, by the way, was we lost two great people within a very short people a period of time. Jeff was uh, also brilliant, yeah. funny, just a, a great guy. We yeah, had a, a unique, a unique, oh, great unique guy, unique individual for sure. <laughs> but exactly. he supported he supported the arts with the Cyber Cafe West. Yep, and uh, music a music venue with uh, with a nice a great sound system, always open to everybody who wanted to come and do their thing there, whatever it was, whether they were musicians or or whatever. Um, yeah, he was and, and he even was an just. On- yeah. He was an entrepreneur that truly did what he loved. Unfortunately, um, yeah. it was a nonprofit organization, yeah. but it never was intended to exactly, be. Exactly. Yeah. And he managed to keep it alive for, oh, I think 20 plus yeah. years. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, uh, just amazing. And um, um, he got taken way too soon. He was only 58. Yes, so, yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right. Well, for some reason, I thought you were doing that. But, no. Uh, that's but fine. This, yeah. But I, but I, but I, but I, uh, um, I st- I do appreciate um, you and uh, well, like I said with Lou. So, um, you know, I did some volunteering over at EPAC, and like I mentioned, my daughter had been there for like fifteen productions. It really got her uh, got her a start where she's she never really was. Well, she was uh, anxious about being up on stage and doing all that, but through the course of that and her development as a musician, she has like no stage fright, zero stage fright. And let me tell you, that's really something because I used to work for a concert promoter uh, who did, you know, international touring acts back in the 80s. And I met some of them and a lot of them were terrified to go on stage. Sure. Like Randy Newman was one that I mentioned often because I was literally standing in the wings with him as the DJs were announcing what was happening, you know, and going to introduce him. And it was just him and a piano. 
And he was just wringing his hands and, you know, <laughs> rocking from one foot to the other. And I'm like, Mr. Newman, you seem, you know, are you and always this nervous this before, before right? you go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, he goes, this is awful. Yeah. He goes, you know, one song or two and I'm good. But <laughs> I guess the expectations and getting out there was, yeah. you know, he was more of a behind the scenes songwriter, really, sure. you know, and uh, composer, I guess. All right. Anyways, thank you for what you do with the community. I know you do other things personally and then, you know, we try your, to support your the business arts. as well. Um, in fact, all of the support that we do locally is generally for the music arts or the performing arts. Uh, um, we figure that most sporting organizations have more than enough money from the state. So uh, we'll do whatever we can. So Steve Rowell's in the studio today. Steve Rowell owns Audio Classics. Macintosh Labs, tell me how, what your relationship is with Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Macintosh Labs is right here in Binghamton. Most people don't even know they exist. Yeah. They're probably the largest um, manufacturer of high-end audio gear, certainly in the United States. It's incredible. And possibly stuff. in the world. It's uh, Nothing I can afford. <laughs> no, well, no, actually, they do have some uh, lower-end stuff. Still pretty expensive. And we're the uh, local dealer for them. And yeah. we also deal in every product they've ever made, uh, going all the way back to 1949. Oh. Uh, we not only sell it, but we service it. We have a good time doing it. Uh, yeah, so that's how you started. Did you start out of your trunk or the garage? Or like, well, are you uh, one of those stories or what? <laughs> nearly that way. Um, I fell in love with Macintosh when I was in college back in the early 70s. Yeah. Uh, um, frankly, I bought a product and brought it home. And when I, I got a look at it, uh, on the back, it said, Made in Binghamton, New York. And I'm going, huh? Binghamton, New York? Audio? What are you kidding me? So I did a little research and found out that they were, in fact, uh, based in Binghamton, New York. I made a few phone calls uh, and just my developed my interest in the company. Uh, I went on to become a good friend of Frank Gao, the, the son of the president of Macintosh at the time. Gordon Gao was his name. We worked together over the years, and uh, but it took many years before I actually went into the business. I did it on the side much, uh, but uh, it took a while. Well, what specifically were you doing? Well, as we discussed before, when I got out of uh, college, I actually had a degree in communications. Okay. So I started working at a recording studio in Binghamton, uh, producing radio shows, uh, shows for um, the Night Pen Health Council, uh, also doing uh, the Salvation Army National Public Radio spots. And um, we did the shows and distributed them to 12 radio stations in New York and Pennsylvania. At that point, I met Frank. He was working at Weeks and Dickinson's in Binghamton. And I really always wanted to work for myself. Uh, I just, I liked that concept. And uh, Frank went to work selling Yellow Pages. So uh, he called me and said, hey, you want a job? You want to work in the Yellow Pages? I'm going, yeah, I don't have any background in that, but sure, let's oh, give it God. a try. What an awful uh, job it well, must have been. <laughs> oh, well, actually, it was probably one of the best jobs in my life in no terms kidding. of becoming an entrepreneur, if you think about it. I meant many, many businessmen along the way. Yes. In fact, one of the we were required to wear a suit and a tie, and one of the first businesses I called upon. You are old, aren't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> and one of the first businesses I called on was a uh, hardware store, and it was hot. I was up in Maine, and he, he said, I'm not going to talk to you until you take your suit, your sport coat off, and take your tie off. So I had to do that. But you, uh, the first thing you do in sales is gain favorable attention, mm -hmm. you know, ask the customer questions and get him talking. And, uh, um, and you learn a lot about him, about his business. And uh, so over the years, it was a great way for someone to learn how to become an entrepreneur because you got the stories of how these guys started as well. And uh, th that, that was a great thing. 
Yeah, I like so, that. I, uh, you know, I started young as a, as a creative, as an artist. So I was doing as much for people that I could, and I would drum up whatever I could. And of course, people that were spending money were small business owners. Sure. And so I got to meet a lot of them who Same were, uh, you yeah, know, absolutely. and I didn't know anything about business at the time. I was yeah. learning as I went. So I would observe and see what they were doing. And I met a lot of them who over the years I'd start to, I'd, when I met them, I would get a sense as to whether they would still be in business in a year or two or not. <laughs> and I felt really bad for some of them. Well, because, some of them you knew right away that they I, were I felt bad yeah. from some of them, nice, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were real, yeah. And they were entrepreneurs. So, I mean, I gave them my all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so I met a lot of people too. It's interesting that you said that. That's definitely yeah. a parallel I can see there. So were you just buying and selling hi-fi equipment or were you repairing them? Well, uh, that's because that's how you got started. With actually, that, right? but, yeah, well, it was amazing. Of course, when I was on the road, I visited every audio store I could come across. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I probably was that horrible customer that came in all the time just to look at the product and not buy okay. much. Yeah. And when I did buy, I wanted the best deal that I could find because I didn't have a lot of money at that point in my life either. Right. So that's where my love of used gear came in. How old were you about? uh, 23, 24 when I was, you know, developing that interest. Um, So while I was out on the road, I I traveled from Canada all the way down into West Virginia. I'd stop it in every audio store. If there was a deal to be had, I took it and uh, I'd buy it. I'd bring it back and sell it to somebody else, make a little bit on the side. And uh, if they needed repair, absolutely, I did the repairs as well. So um, I, I, for a while, I kept a list of all the stores that went out of business uh, that I'd purchased from, and uh, it got a little depressing. And, you know, eventually we all get there. So You're you know, out of business? You know, yeah. All, you well, know, hopefully it's planned. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully it is planned. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of businesses go out of business, and <laughs> it wasn't necessarily my choice, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. So that's interesting. So you've got a love of music yeah what that's kind of, where what, it all started where, what kind what kind were you interested well, what genre I, or, I really there wasn't there's not too much that i don't like yeah uh, um when i grew up my father was always playing uh, mitch miller uh, you know lawrence well well that uh, was pop music uh, of its day yeah, right absolutely and i grew up during okay. the beatles and all right um so in a but dad listened to country patsy klein uh i loved I, I don't think there's much in the way of music that I don't like. I'm not real uh, big on rap or... Um, uh, so mostly pop music, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Do you remember the first album you ever bought? Because it was vinyl then. Yeah, probably. You know? The first one I bought probably was a Beatles album. I yeah. truly can't remember, but I do remember when the Beatles first hit and oh, being yeah. at a friend's house and very excited about... Uh, the girls across the street for me were crazy oh, about, absolutely. about the Beatles were coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just a kid, you know. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know and I didn't yeah. care at the time. Yeah. Well, I was no. like, what, what is yeah. wrong with these ladies? Yeah, yeah. So, um, That's funny. And then I started playing guitar when I was about 13. And uh, um, so the musical thing was the right. driving force behind uh, loving the reproduction of high-end audio. Well, it's interesting. You had the entrepreneurial bug, too, you know. And Absolutely. I guess in sales, you kind of have to have that because if you don't sell, you don't eat. Well, that was the that was the other beauty of uh, yellow page advertising because you were absolutely paid paid uh, commission on each ad that you sold, uh, and you're absolutely right. If you didn't sell, you didn't eat. You didn't make anything. Yeah. Um, and as an entrepreneur, that's a wonderful, wonderful feeling to go out and make your living, and you can work as hard as you want to make as much as you want. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, my boss liked to say. I was too dumb to know when to quit. Yeah, me too. Uh, so <laughs> I say he, that about myself. <laughs> um, he, one of the first sales oh meetings uh, 
that I was to attend, he had brought in the other salesman beforehand, and he said, they said to him, uh, he said to the other salesman, <clears throat> what do you think this Raul kid, how's he going to do? Ah, you know, we don't think he's going to do very well. He has never been in sales before. Well, what they didn't realize is I wasn't a good salesman, but I thought I was supposed to call on 15 accounts a day. I was supposed to close most of them, and so that's what I did. I just didn't know any better. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so at that point, I was leading sales. Ignorance guess, is bliss. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, so, yeah. So when did you get to the point of having a brick and mortar? Um, and, ac- was, and was Vestal the first one? No. Actually, okay. actually, my wife encouraged me back in 1983 to step out and uh, to start my own business. She, uh, she had her own business, a legal and... Uh, a legal, commercial, and uh, professional uh, printing business. Uh, now, is she the photographer? Well, she does photography now, but okay. at that point, she had the uh, business in Walton, New York. And so my first business was actually mail order. Uh, Audio Classic started out as a mail order business. We shipped everywhere in the world. We had products shipped into us, brought into us, and we operated from Walton, New York, uh, starting in full-time in about 1983. Wow. Um, and we moved to the basement of the post office building in 1987, and uh, then down here to Binghamton in nine, or Vestal actually in 1997. So we we are a click and mortar business, as they say, and um, uh, we have a great time because we get to meet a lot of people from all over the world. So yeah, and you must. I oh mean, yeah, it's a small subset, I would think, of people who can afford a lot of the equipment that you have. And so I would imagine that geographically it has to be quite large or well, quite wide, I guess yeah, would be the right it, word, right? It's actually pretty interesting because just as you have some people that buy boats and four-wheelers and, uh, yeah. you know, you name it, motorcycles, there are some people that are going to buy an audio system. Uh, we have people that live in trailers that have a $100,000 audio system or people that live in multi-million dollar homes that have a $250,000 audio system. So you just can't tell. But our our typical uh, customer is a 35 to 55-year-old male, and it is 98% male. We wished we had more really? customers. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and they are higher income, uh, better educated uh, customers. So that's typical. But you can find the extremes on both sides. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on this this trend of listening to MP3 music on on uh, mobile phones because I'm not an audiophile. Yeah, but it's but I've talked to these kids and I'm like, <laughs> you're you're not even hearing half of the music. And wouldn't you like to listen to music in some different way where you can actually hear all of it? Well, I, I mean. Uh, you know, humans by nature are lazy, so they yeah. take the path of least resistance. And yeah. listening to something on MP3 through your iPhone on the earbuds is probably about as easy as you can get. It's, yeah, it sure uh, is. Um, so that that really is a major issue, um, educating young people. And we are seeing more and more getting involved. Actually, what's the funniest thing is they're getting involved in vinyl. Uh, yes. Buying old yeah, records. Yeah, back, yeah. And, um, um, they but they've buy, got awful turntables and little suitcases with you, uh, you know. Exactly. There's like, but uh, we are, but we are seeing some uh, some uh, younger people, college age people, come in and buy a better turntable, uh, buy better records, uh, and listen to them. And uh, the sound quality is astounding. Different. You know, yeah, different, I regret so. that I threw my turntable out back when the CD started, and I just <laughs> it just I carried it around with me for years, and I just thought, you know, I just got to get rid of this, and it was the one I had since I was probably a teenager. I used to do T-shirts. I 
had airbrushed t-shirts I was selling at a record store in the small town I grew up in. And the people that owned the store started selling equipment. They had a couple stores and sure. they started selling uh, hi-fi equipment, stereo equipment. And, uh, and I said, and I wanted to buy, buy something. And so I asked them what I should get. And I kind of like had a low budget, of course. So they made a recommendation that I got these technique. I still remember tech techniques, uh, SBL one hundreds, sure. uh, two way speakers. And do you know that I still have those speakers today and they still sound just as good as before. Now, Trust me, I'm sure that they're not anywhere yeah, near yeah. the kind of equipment that you sell. Well, your hearing's but, probably deteriorated about the same rate as the speakers. So. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> I mean, I don't really use them much anymore, but yeah. I pulled them out. You know, maybe last time yeah. I had them out was, I don't know, eight years ago. And, you know, I hooked them up. And I'm like, wow, because I used them for my surround sound in my in my family room for years, like for decades. And I'm thinking, you know, that was like a product made back in the, oh, boy, I don't know, early 80s. No, late 70s, early 80s by uh, uh Matsushita. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they made yep. yeah, they made like uh, techniques, maybe Panasonic. They knew me JC Penney's used to have a line of stuff they sold and it was like I don't know. I was just you know, mine act my speakers actually lasted, which I didn't expect them to, but yeah. uh well, it's amazing how far we haven't come. Um of course modern marketing is much better than it was back in those days. Yeah. So we're made to think that everything to get to today is much better than it was then. Um, when in fact, many of the products that were around in the seventies and sixties sound extremely good and, uh, are the foundations for a wonderful system today. So that's, that's one of the foundations of our business as well is that you can go back and pick up these things. In many cases, it has to do with the nostalgia of being able to finally afford something that you couldn't afford when you were 16 years old or 18 years old. So (laughs) it is a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Because your target market is so very specific, you don't have like sort of like an innate anger against these MP3s or whatever. Because I because I hear this from some like audiophiles sometimes they get really upset about about the fact that you know there 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 even is an MP3 that people listen to music in that format, and so they're very much most of them are very very uh, pro vinyl. Yeah, you know, and there may be other ways to get music. I don't know, maybe if old style reel to reel or something sounds better. Sure, I don't actually, know. Actually, there's a, a company, Acoustic Sounds, in uh, Kansas. They are repressing uh, many vinyl records. They actually remaster them, repress them on oh. Virgin uh, 180 gram vinyl. Yeah, uh, great records. They also are making uh, master recording tapes uh, direct that you can buy as well. So. Uh, tapes are wonderful. Vinyl is wonderful. Um, any way that the music gets out there is fine with me. And I, I, I'm just a proponent of enjoy what you have, you know, yeah. uh, it is about the music. It isn't about the equipment, even though we sell the equipment. Uh, it's really about just having a love of music and enjoying it. You've been doing this for a long time. So one of the things that we do is get some advice for our listeners, aspiring entrepreneurs. Sometimes they're already running their businesses. What are a couple of things that you learned over the years you know, about running a business? Well, What's, I think, what jumps out at you okay, in your mind? The first one that always jumps out at me is really, I think it's tremendously important that you do something that you love and you're willing to put the time into. Many people think they do, they have a great idea and that's just going to automatically make the money. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of them come and go. Most people are not willing to do the work to make it happen because uh, you can have the best idea in the world. And if you're not willing to work at it, 
you're going nowhere. Let's let's face it. And uh, I, I know plenty of those. So love love what you're going to do, and also be aware that you're going to put a lot of time and effort in it. Uh, so you've got to be ready to do that, or you're just not going to make it. In the beginning, I I'd start in the morning at six o'clock and work until the last thing at night. I did packing, shipping, receiving, the whole bit. I loved every minute of everything that I did and uh, just, uh, you know, continued to work at it. Did you get flack from family members oh, or anybody? Yeah, my, yeah. my wife continues to give me flack till this day. But and she has, she's still with you, though. <laughs> she's still with me. But um, So it was all just bluster. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd say that. But oh. yeah. <laughs> right, no, you didn't say that. I did. But, all right. Uh, so how has your love for, for music and for um, the equipment, you know, like having it in your hands and all that, how has, has that changed over the years? Has you well, got, have you just gotten old? Uh, no, I think what I think what's happened over the years it's sort of an interesting thing. I call it a cycle. Uh, when you first start out, you uh, as an audiophile, you're looking for better sound quality, so you keep buying better speakers, better amplifiers, bigger speakers. You know, you just it's like an unending quest, and that's yeah. what most of us are on. Somewhere around the twenty fifth year, you start. Uh, hey, hey, wait a minute! Wasn't, wasn't I supposed to be listening to music? Um, so you wanna you wanna listen to the music again, and then the equipment becomes less important. Not that it isn't important; you still want a high fidelity, but you're not quite as crazed at having the latest and the greatest product uh, that's yeah. out there. What's your so. what's your ideal setup right now? Uh, well, luckily, owning the store, I can have whatever I want. Okay. Well, what is so, it? Name uh, some models and well, uh, numbers a, and some prices. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we we carry a brand of loudspeakers, Legacy Audio, from Springfield, Illinois. We, we have a real uh, stress on buying USA-made products. Uh, we feel strongly about that. Not that we don't carry some other products. But a uh, small company out of uh, Illinois, they make great speakers, and their speakers run anywhere from, oh, say, 6000 to $30,000. Uh, the Macintosh speakers are very good, but they run, you know, 10000 to $130,000. Uh, um, but there are other USA-made products, Magnapan, um, uh, Klipsch, which has been around forever, most everyone. That one I'm familiar around. with. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I like I like those. Yeah, the Klipsch horns. I can, a- Klipsch I can afford. Yeah, well, they've been around since 19. 19- <laughs> 47 making uh, basically the yeah. same uh, clipshorn loudspeaker mm-hmm. so they're very good but uh so that's the kind of products we uh, so enjoy. What, so you're trying not to mention your favorite. I don't. I, I don't know feeling. if I have a favorite. Because oh, okay. It really does depend on the music because I it, am a if, rocker. I am a rocker at heart. All right. Uh, so all right. So you're a rocker at heart. Yeah, so um, if you're you've got a family rock, room at home, yeah. and you and you've got access to basically everything. Yeah. What are you putting in you're there gonna, for yourself? You're going to use uh, either JBL or clip speakers because they'll pin your ears back and put the thump in your chest and just make you feel like you're there. Okay. Um, if if you want to listen to which jbls well because they have a, quite a as, range and i've heard some as, I, i've heard some really crappy jbls oh yeah 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 no no you got to go into the professional monitors They're actually making a um, um reproduction of the original l100 studio monitors they call them the l100 classics now all right and they're extremely good uh, you're, so you're voting for those well, for your be, for your yeah, family for, room yeah, for a small family room they'd all be right. good how much yeah. are they a pair. Uh, those run four thousand the pair do we want two or four or what are we doing well you only need a pair okay. i'm i'm a big proponent of uh, i call 
call it HTS 2.0. It's called Home Theater Simplified. We have this new and exciting product for you. Instead of having to have seven channels or 11 channels, you can have just two channels. <laughs> wow. And, and you know what? what? Even you can set it up. We don't need a sub? <laughs> no, you don't even need a sub. And, wow. And you don't need somebody to come in and set it up for you. You can do it yourself in under a half an hour. All right. Does it matter, does it matter what kind of amp you're using? Um, well, always. For those? You want to you want to have uh, yeah. a good amplifier, okay? Uh, no question about it. And, All right. So uh, what are, what are you going to put in your family room for those JBLs? Well, it, you're normally, up to four grand so yeah, far. So far, so far four grand. And if you're going to do uh, if you're going to do JBLs or clips, then you really want a tube amplifier. And we'd recommend a Macintosh 275. And you're probably somewhere around six thousand dollars for one of those. All right. What about uh, cables? Does it matter if you use monster cables or gold oh, gold coated uh, yeah. tips or what? What this are we doing? A, this is not a fair question, but uh, oh. my personal belief is just get good heavy-duty speaker cables. 12-gauge yeah. is good. A good balance line cords like you use here in the studio are just fine. Yeah, okay. Um, we, we sell cables that go up to many, many thousands of dollars. Oh, my some gosh. People, some people think they can hear a difference. Yeah. I think... Uh, there's an area that we haven't really explored as much as we should called psychoacoustics. If something looks good, yeah. then it probably is going to sound good. It's like your board over there has all yeah. those pretty lights on it. Yeah. So that it looks like you know what you're doing. It looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so... so <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so that sells, you know, there's no yeah. question about it. Yeah. So what? So what? So what are we in? Forty bucks for cables? Yeah, you could. Be, are we you know, in the thousand dollar range? No, you'd probably be a couple hundred dollars for you know speaker cables and All right. connects. All yeah. right. So now we need a music source. Okay, and so you know, let's. What let's are we call doing? A turntable. You All know, right. Today, if you're going to have that room, so if you're going to put in a turntable, let's go it, with. It. Are, are you going to put a turntable into that family room? Oh, or Are you sure, going to yeah. reel to reel or turntable, something else? Turntable is great. Okay. You know, so and, and especially in the winter months because it yeah. forces you to get up out of your chair every <laughs> 20 minutes and yeah. change the record and flip it over Remember those days yeah. yeah either that or just listen all to the it. good yeah. music is on the b-side yeah exactly exactly <laughs> uh, do you remember the james gang album that uh, at the end of it it said turn me over turn me over turn me i over. don't remember at that one end, but I and then you. when you turned it over it said thank you <laughs> no it said Play me again. Oh. <laughs> Play me again. It was in the inner groove. So That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, great. So in any case, uh, yeah. Turntable, yeah. What yeah, are we doing? A couple uh, grand? Yeah, yeah. you could probably go, if you wanted an entry level, a couple grand. <laughs> Seriously? So, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, but probably. Uh, what, do you put, system, what are you putting in your room? I would probably put, uh, uh, you know, a Macintosh MT5, and uh, you're going to be at uh, 6000 again, roughly. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, what else do we need? Well, we need a way, we need some way to hook up the uh, get the sound from the turntable into the amp. Well, there's there's cables usually that come with the table. So you're you're okay. there. Oh, the preamplifier you're talking about. I don't know. We need yeah. a preamp? Yeah, oh gosh, yes, we do. Oh need dear. A Why do yeah. we need what's a preamp doing? Uh, boost the signal from the turntable up a slight bit. Okay. Preamplifies yeah. uh, to the amplifier to make it loud enough to drive the speakers. So the All preamplifier right. call it 7000. Okay. Yeah. So you got a nice little system there. Do you need a special easy chair or anything? Well, sure. <laughs> or what? Yeah, you don't want anything too close to your ears right. to absorb sound. What so. chair? What chair are you getting? Well, uh, go to Ellis Brothers in downtown Binghamton. Yeah. And uh, oh, so they're expensive <laughs> ones. <laughs> So a thousand dollars for a chair. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. yeah. I'm adding a, a grand. All right, see, what we have Take here twelve. It. Let's see, twelve. Oh wait, wait a minute. How can I do this? Eighteen. Twenty-four. All right, I got twenty-four thousand dollars. The price of a, a pretty good used car. Yeah. 
A very good, a very good, a price of a very good used Toyota 4Runner. Yes, but this will bring you much more pleasure. Yes, it'll last a lot longer. This will this will last you. Uh, you can. This is a legacy item, right? right. You this can give be, this, yeah. except for the vinyl would be worn out. Maybe no, 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 not not if you're using a good enough turntable and you take care of your vinyl. Okay, it'll be around for you know your kids and your kids' kids if you do that. So all right. So yeah. if you if you want some advice on high end audio equipment, you need to get a hold of Steve. Steve, how do we find you? Uh, well, you can find us online at audioclassics.com. Uh, you can call us at 607-766-3501 or 800-321-2834. That's 800-321-AUDIO. Operator standing by till midnight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, uh, <laughs> exactly. And, um, uh, and Facebook. Yeah, and we're on Facebook. Um, and uh, they're looking for audio classics on social media. Is that yeah. essentially it? Yeah, yep. Okay, I got it. I, I hope that we have listeners who can afford this. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, you know, as the uh, months and years wear on, I'm sure that uh, our listeners. did list- you say your cut was again? <laughs> yeah, I should talk to you about that. <laughs> hey, do you, want to sponsor, uh, do you want to sponsor a podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, listen, um, I thank you very much. We're not done. Okay. It's almost time to do the questions. Oh, okay, wonderful. It's time to answer the questions. <laughs> I double dare you. Steve, I'm double daring you to answer these questions. Uh, this is going to be fun. And in preparation for you coming, I've added some extra questions. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think you're going to get a kick out of a couple of them. <laughs> I should have asked you some outlaw Josie Wales or some old Revolutionary oh, War yeah, questions because I see you're a fan of a lot of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, probably wouldn't be that good. You know. <laughs> and I like that stuff yeah. too. So, All right, question number one, Steve. Are you ready? Yes. What is your favorite thing to listen to that is not audio equipment? That Ooh. is not audio equipment. Yeah. What oh, is your favorite thing to live. listen to that is not audio equipment? Live, unamplified music, natural music, uh, string quartet, anything, just as long as it doesn't use sound reinforcement so I can hear the real sound of the voices, the real sound of the instruments. That's that's my favorite thing to listen to. If there's a string quartet, we're on a cruise, and I can. There's not too many people around. I'll pull yeah. up a chair and sit right in the center of them, so that I have the best spot. Not on stage, though, right? Well, they're not on stage. They're usually <laughs> no. I mean, just, do you yeah. sit on stage no, in the I, center of them? I would do that if I could get away with it. But yeah, yeah. they yeah. give you a guitar <laughs> and they get right in there. So any any genre, but any live. Genre. If it's is live, real the sound of real instruments. It's, I, it's, yeah, I gotta say, I I'm with you on that. Uh, at least in terms of live music, I, I don't care if it's uh, if it's has uh, audio amplification or replication. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I hear I'd that. Rather it didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't. A lot of times, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you have a you have a much more discerning ear than I do. I can tell. Yeah. What's your favorite joke? Favorite joke. Jeez, do I have a favorite joke? I don't I, know. I don't know. What's the one you tell all the time that everybody groans over? Oh, a groaner. Okay, a groaner. You know, uh, Charlie was upstairs on his deathbed, and uh, his wife was downstairs in the kitchen making chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Charlie smelled them, you know, he just, they just smelled great. They really smelled great. So he crawled out of the bed and he literally on his hands and knees, you know, went down the stairs and he went into the kitchen, you know, on his hands and knees crawling with almost the last amount of strength that he had. His wife's in the kitchen cooking the cookies and he finally gets over to the counter and he reaches up to grab a cookie. Charlie's wife reaches over, slaps him with a spatula and says, leave them alone. They're for the funeral. <laughs> Jesus. 
That's bad. Well, hey. <laughs> That's a bad dad joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we just and we just talked about two funerals too. I'm sorry. That's probably know, why it was on your mind. It's part of life. I, what can I tell? Yeah, I guess it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Who do people tell you that you look like? Oh, jeez. I, I don't know if there's anyone else that looks like me. I no, I, I don't think I've ever been said that I look really? like somebody else. Yeah. yeah very often people yeah. uh, in here, they'll say, well, no one no one famous, but I look like my uncle or something like that. No, you know, or, no, I, no, I look, nobody famous? No, I look like me. And, All right. Uh, interesting. Uh, I, I think. I mean, I'm pretty okay. common. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, somewhat interesting story. Hopefully, I don't know if I've told this one before, but I was in uh, I was in Texas. I was thinking I was in Nashville. I think the last time I told this, I said I was in Nashville, but I don't think I was. I think I was in uh, I was in Texas. Where the heck was I? I don't know. I'm gonna have to edit this out now. Somewhere. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I'll just say I was in Nashville. All right. So I was in I was on the sidewalk in Nashville, and I was listening to a street musician. Just me. It was like yeah. me and the musician. I'm standing there, That's and this the little girl comes up to me, and I don't know. She was probably. Uh, six or seven or whatever and she's like and her mom was standing off like smiling like really like excited like smiling looking at us and the little girl goes says something like hi are you are you famous (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like well, I am kind of famous, but you know n- nothing that you would know, right? Yeah. Back home in my in hometown, my yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> my my wife says I'm a legend in my own mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's not far off. No. Uh, so I kept asking this girl, "Well, who do you think I am?" And she goes, "Well, I um I don't know." I go, "Well, uh, is it uh, is it somebody like a musician or somebody on TV? You know, are they on a in a movie?" And she's like, "I don't know." She goes, "But are but like are you a famous person?" <laughs> And I was like, I, I, I can't help you. I don't know. You well, got to give me more clues to let you know to, before I sign an autograph. That, I have to need to know what I'm doing. It hasn't happened to me at all. So That's pretty funny. <laughs> all right. Well, not, well Steve, you got to get out more. Yeah. <laughs> get out of that family room listening yeah. to music all by yourself or invite people in. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, we're on question number, I don't know, three, I guess. I don't know. Um, have I won yet? Or how many? No, there are no prizes. Oh, geez. Uh, the prizes are people are going to give you a hard time when they listen to this. Yeah, they're going yeah. uh, to tell you like, oh. I loved your joke, or I can't believe you told that joke on, <laughs> on a global podcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, regarding food uh, on uh, social media and, and your pictures, I noticed that you had some. So what is your favorite food, and who prepares it the best? Oh, my gosh. Are you a foodie? Yeah, I love right. food. I All mean, right. and I don't. there's not much that I don't like. Um, um, right. uh, I, well, I, if you were the guy up in bed, yeah. <laughs> what would your wife be making for the funeral? I don't and know. And saying, oh, this this uh, was Steve's favorite. Last meal, that'd be good. I'd probably see a last meal. I'd just have crackers and uh, uh Peanut butter. That would be. I'd be You're happy, happy with that? that. Happy with that. But I love Indian food. I like hot foods. Oh. Um, who makes know. that? Who makes Indian food the best? Um, you know, actually, locally, we have a couple of good Indian restaurants. You can uh, name them. The one downtown, um, uh, Taste of India. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Curries of India downtown. I can't remember the name. Right okay. Now. Um, and um, you love Roy, it so much. You can't well, remember I, the I name. I know where it is. It's <laughs> okay. on Court Street next to the Peanut Shop. So, okay. All right. Uh, also. Oh, that's been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of it either. Yeah, I, can't, I know where I, it is, I though. I can't think. Um, um, also, uh, Royal Indian on uh, Bun Hill Road is quite good. 
Oh, um, okay. Uh, so, but I love Indian food. Local uh, stuff. Yeah. We like always go to local restaurants. I do not go to any national chain. Uh, avoid them like the plague. Uh, just really? It's, well, it's not real food. For any it's, restaurants at all, you mean? Yeah, any? I don't like any of the national okay. chains. Well, they're, it's, uh, you know, mm. it tastes the same everywhere. Yeah. What about Moe's? Uh, don't go to Moe's. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hope Larry's, uh, you know, Larry's I, not listening. I, <laughs> <laughs> It may be good for What about Core Life? Yeah. Core Life, that's, I have gone to. Yes. That's another one of Larry's yeah. ventures. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to ask you a couple coaching questions. Can sure. I do that? So Absolutely. I, I provide uh, coaching for entrepreneurs and aspiring yeah. business owners, uh, going boldly success coaching. So using uh, your own grading system of letters and oh, numbers. Oh, Here we go. Yeah. How would you grade yourself? Uh, it depends on when you catch it. You might have to explain the grading system, too. All right. We have a grading system that uh, any product that we carry, especially, well, obviously used products, uh, they have both a physical rating and a electronic rating. So B1 means that it's in excellent condition. One means that it's uh, operating up to its original factory operating specifications. So an A would be like brand a, new? A would be mint, you know, very, oh, very nice. So okay. A1 would be, you know... A1. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But not new. Yeah, but not new. Okay. I mean, new is but new. It could be new that somebody just opened a box and closed yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that could be. Yes, okay, and that'd be, be probably an A1. Yeah, that'd be an A1. All right. All right. And um, for me, yeah, it, it depends on when you All catch right. me, what day, what's going on. All right, well, I right try now. to be okay. A1. Well, of course. But, yeah, what, are, what, yeah. what What are you like overall? Well, why don't you, as as, say, uh, as, an, as the entrepreneur, let's yeah. do that, right? As the as Steve, the business owner, yeah. right? So um, looking at your your concept of how you're doing with your business uh, and your trajectory, you know, past, present, and future, um, grade yourself right now. Well, I'd have to grade What's my, your grade? I'd have to grade myself, not just myself, but the employees that I have. And I have a great group of employees that have right. been with me. Most of them have been there they come and they don't leave. They just seem to stay. I can't quite figure it out. <laughs> have you uh, have you tried to get rid of any of them? Or? Yeah, yeah, but there's been a couple over the years. Okay. But the, the the current staff is wonderful. Um, I my management style is I don't have one. I don't do any management. I okay. hire I hire good people and ex, and expect them to do what they're supposed to do. Okay. Uh, so uh, I hate meetings. We don't spend any time in meetings. Um, and um, by and large, uh, almost everybody does exactly what they should do, and that's the way our days go. Certainly, there are trials up and down, and we all have good days and bad days. All so right, I'm going to push you. I would, you. Like, to think I, I would like you to grade your business. I would say, <laughs> I would say we're a solid B1. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. That's we, very good. So. I, I, I'm, I harp on this all the time. Perfection is unrealistic. Oh, absolutely. Right? And yeah. just leads to being constantly disappointed. But excellence on on the other hand, is a different thing to aspire to. Oh, sure. No, to be we, excellent. So, And we do everything we can to take care of customers. If we have a customer with a problem, we're going to we're gonna work until we make them happy. So you you know? th- you're saying B1. B1. All right. Solid. So let me do, I'm going to do a follow-up coaching question. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like a real coaching yeah. session, but but I, wanted to, I did want to ask you a follow-up on sure. it. Sure. All right. So what's the one thing that you can do this week to improve your grade to get it to an A1? Oh, what is one thing you could oh, do this week? Geez, you know, uh, this week. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, you know, that's a good question. Thank I'm not you. Sure that I can. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not sure that I can. Do you need a longer up, time frame? I would probably need a longer time frame. All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's things that we need to do the to make uh, the interface with our customers easier. Okay. Um, what would be the one thing that would do? Well, that? I think um, you know we probably could use a more uh, friendly uh, website interface. Uh, okay. Um, we do have, for example, one of the things that we do at our business. I hate phone trees. I don't know how you feel about oh, them. Oh, I hate you them know, with a passion. When, when they say press one, oh. I, I want to press the cannon button. I know why yeah. they do it. Yeah. I do and too. I wish they wouldn't say, your call is important oh, yeah, to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, obviously it's like not you're important. rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> so the first option on our phone is, yeah. first of all, it goes five rings. If you don't get anyone, your first option is, to dial zero and it'll ring until you get somebody okay because uh, we we want live people and yeah. it's certainly in the product lines that we carry that's what we should do you know so you're thinking so, that's not good enough right now uh no that's good i mean okay. but, but we could actually it's a b that's a b uh and a uh one of the, we used to have a really good uh receptionist uh and she answered the phone and she was wonderful we had her for years good and uh, did it did a great job we could use that again that that's something that i because she also kept track of birthdays and she knew which customers were great which customers required more time than you had at that moment she she could could give you free time she was really a a traffic manager and they often say that the person that answers your phone should be the highest paid and the best person in the in the business because that's the first impression that people get yeah so but right now we answer all of us answer the phone so it's interesting uh what about a virtual assistant a lot of companies have been going to that right now and one of the things they do is they answer the phones and they and they um and they route them accordingly and a lot of times can send people to the resources they need and that sort of thing Uh, i've learned i've met more and more companies who are using them yeah i don't i don't think that we're at that point uh because it's more of a luxury product and Mm. They really want to talk to who they want to talk to. Uh, I understand. Most of the time, so all right. Uh, so that's an area that needs yeah, a, needs it's, some it's change. A, it's a small area that we could do something in. We uh, we could do more advertising, more promotion, a better catalog, um, mm-hmm. um, those types of things that we just don't have uh, currently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Well, that's good. So we're not turning it into a coaching session, so we won't keep pursuing all that. But I, <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, yeah. uh, it's important for our people uh, who are listening to know, like at whatever level you at, there are always things that you can do to make uh, the customer experience smoother or uh, more rewarding, or you know, add a level of profitability sure. to something that isn't maybe currently profitable. I just met with. Uh, a business owner yesterday who was one of our previous guests and he has a big banquet room that before COVID was, was not turning out to be profitable. Oh, and it's a separate building and they're turning it into offices for their corporation, which they have multiple businesses. Oh, so they need, rather than build another building, they're using resources that they have. And (laughs) I assuming that, uh, so they're trying to make it less not profitable. Well, I think, you know, (laughs) he has expansion plans, so he needs it. So it's, it'll be profitable. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. This guy, this guy knows what he's doing. So yeah. Uh, wonderful. Um, Geez, Steve, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it so oh, much. happy to do it. Glad to. Everybody, listen up. Uh, if you are having questions about some high-end audio equipment or just want a groaner joke to share with your friends. <laughs> Sorry. You're well. No, so I knew you were going to come up with that. <laughs> I, I was hoping you would have a groaner. That was actually a good one. <laughs> um, 
Look for Steve Rowell, okay, and it's uh, Audio Classics. And I'm going to give you the 800 number, 800-321-2834. You have all the information already, audioclassics.com, 800-321-2834, also on Facebook. Are you guys on any other social media, on LinkedIn or anything, or BizFluence? Uh, no, we're not, I didn't even know about Yeah, Biz check Fluence. out BizFluence. Oh, That's yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah I'm on uh, there. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, we, we're not there. We okay. were on Instagram for a while. Frankly, I think that that reaches a younger demographic, and we probably should be reaching out to that market as well. Uh, but uh, Facebook seems to be the most effective for us at this moment. So, All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Steve. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Thank you well, for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. All right. See you next time. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.